What is up, Hog fans? Welcome to another episode of the House of Hog podcast. I'm your host, Connor Goodson, and we have got a jam-packed episode of the Razorback Rundown. We're going to talk Arkansas hoops. We're going to talk about the football team and everything in between, everything going on 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 the hill right now because it is a wild, wild time. Arkansas basketball plays in the Battle for Atlantis tournament, and then Arkansas football will end their season Let's start talking about the Arkansas football team because they have dominated the majority of the conversation up to this point for the Arkansas fan base. And there's been a lot of drama, a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors surrounding the future of the program, specifically surrounding Sam Pittman and his job security. Hunter Yurchek put those rumors to rest and put the speculation about the future of the program to rest uh, this weekend, shortly after the FIU game, Arkansas, uh, Rumors started to circulate that Pittman was going to be retained and that Hunter Yurchek told players and the rest of the coaching staff that Arkansas will not be making a coaching change and that Sam Pittman will be back for the year for next year, for 2024. And then uh, Sunday afternoon, Hunter Yurchek makes that confirmation uh, on Twitter. He shares a statement saying that they will not – uh, they will not make a move and that he's going to stand behind Sam Pittman and he's our coach for next season. A lot of people, I don't think you look at social media. I don't think that anyone really, really took positively to that. Maybe Bobby bones. I think he was the only one of, of note that was really for the, for the move and for the announcement, a lot of negative reaction among hog fans that that's for sure. A lot of negative reaction and, you really can't blame them. It, it, it's been a very frustrating season, and a, a lot of the blame can be placed on Sam Pittman. But what I want to do today is talk about my thoughts and kind of give some – lay out some things about why, why I think that this could be a good move, why I think it could be a bad move, some reasons behind that, and kind of elaborate. I had an article over at RazorbacksWire.usatoday.com where I did – laid out some – uh, positives and negatives of this move. Uh, but I want to expand on that and not just give you some of the reasons that I wrote about, but kind of expand my thought process and exactly why I think, you know, there could be some good out of this, but it could also turn out to be a huge mistake for this Arkansas football program going forward. So uh, with that in mind, let's go ahead and get into it. The first thing about Sam Pittman and, and him being retained, I think that could really benefit. And I think that this is a big reason why he was retained is his contract, his contract right now. If he were to get fired without cause, there's a clause in his contract that says that if he were to get fired without cause while holding at least a 500 win percentage from the season opening game against rice in 2021 until now, he will be owed 75% at least 75% of that contract, which is right a little over $16.5 million right now. Um, when Arkansas beat Florida a couple of weeks ago, that guaranteed that Sam Pittman would have a 500 or better coaching record at the end of the season, which means he would be guaranteed, and Arkansas would have to fork over $16.5 million to make that coaching move. They would pay him that much money to not coach. And then when you couple that with the potential hire in his replacement and what you would have to pay him, 
to come in and, and fix the mess, which would probably be in the ballpark of, of anywhere from four to five million dollars, given on who you get, where their what their buyout situation is, if they're at a current school, uh, and then their base salary, what they're going to be paid to make it competitive to other SEC schools. You're looking in the neighborhood of somewhere well over twenty million dollars just to make this move, and I don't think that that's something that one given the support behind the scenes of Sam Pittman and what he's done and how he interacts with people. I think that that, that comfort level made people specifically Hunter year check feel comfortable enough to give him another year. That that's, I think what went, went into it because it does get a little messy financially when you're trying to do all of this. And then, Oh, by the way, you've also got to pay players and find money to, to give players to to be competitive in recruiting and with NIL. So I think that that is a positive because when you look at his buyout next year, that'll be way less money. And, and if it if things continue to go, go the way that they're going right now and trend in a negative direction, you're looking at a much more feasible and a much easier buyout to get out of. You know, if he's below a uh, – 500 win percentage at this time next year, which would indicate that the wheels fell off and and Arkansas did poorly. I think that you would actually have to only pay him 50% of that. That's what the language in his contract says that you would only have to pay him 50% of what he's owed. And um, then naturally his buyout goes, goes out lower than what it is now. So you're looking at a much better financial situation and, and in general, overall, the coaching landscape, you know, Texas A&M and Mississippi State already, already beat Arkansas to the punch. Arkansas is right now not really the top SEC job open. That's Texas A&M. Um, and then they're kind of on the same level as Mississippi State. Now, when you look next season, obviously you don't know what all jobs could come open. There could be some unexpected jobs that are a lot better, you know, Maybe Lane Kiffin finally decides that this is his time to move on and, and Ole Miss comes open or or something like that. Florida could very well be open. Kentucky. Um, you just never really know in college football. But as of right now, it could it could be a benefit to wait this year. And, and if the wheels do come, come off and things continue to trend in the negative direction, then maybe next year is the better year. We don't. We don't know, but you can always hope. And I think that that's what Hunter Yurichek is betting on right now. One, he's betting on that Sam Pittman can get it turned around. But two, if it does, does it get turned around if Pittman continues to struggle and Arkansas isn't able to turn things around, then next year it's a little bit better financial situation. It's a lot better financial situation. And it's also maybe the landscape's a little bit better for it. Who knows? The next thing that I think is a positive for this is 100% recruiting is going to be a lot easier now for Pittman and his staff. Uh, whenever you have a coaching change, it is never easy on the incoming coach and incoming players to scramble and pick up the pieces. And when there's a lot of speculation from a sitting coach and things aren't going well, and then you add on the speculation, the rumors, the, the talk of maybe they're not going to be here, Naturally, you have players looking around, looking at different options just in case that they, they want to be prepared for the worst case scenario. And, and that would be, you know, for some of these guys who have 
known Sam Pittman and grown very serious and great relationships with Sam Pittman, hearing that he might not be the coach, that completely changes their outlook on wanting to come to Arkansas. You know, no longer is it really all about whether you want to actually come to the school because all the schools, especially when you get to the SEC, the higher ups, they're on an even playing field when it comes to facilities and, and you know the stadium, the uniforms, all of that stuff. It's basically on an even playing field. So it's all about relationships. And so naturally, you saw that. You saw uh, Courtney Crutchfield went ahead and decommitted right before the Florida week, and that was kind of in the middle of this. You know, Sam Pittman could be gone if things continue to trend in this direction and, and Arkansas continues to struggle and they're not able to get it turned around after Enos is fired, then he could very well be gone. So Crutchfield decommitted. And I think that he's right now expected to take a couple of official visits to Missouri. He may have last weekend. I can't remember, but he decommitted. And then last week when everything was as an all time high, Arkansas gets beat 48 to 10 by Auburn embarrassed in their home field. And then Sunday comes, and A and M and Mississippi State both make their uh, they make their decisions to fire Jimbo Fisher, fire Zach Arnett, and become the first SEC jobs open. Everyone kind of expected Arkansas to follow suit. That didn't happen. And throughout the week, people you know kept kept waiting. This could be it. This could be it, and it never came. In the middle of that. Charleston Collins, a four-star offensive lineman, an in-state recruit, an Arkansas product, got a couple of crystal balls to flip from the Hogs to Ole Miss. Uh, he did come out and tweet that he's all hog and that he's still committed and he doesn't know where these people got their information. But still, you you see the the doubt creep in. And, and Sam, Pittman, Sam Pittman even said that when uh, asked about it in uh, the press conference after Florida international, you know, uh, it was kind of a crazy night for me. I was watching the beginning of the game on ESPNU and I heard what Rod Gilmore said, the analyst who said that he had talked to Sam Pittman the day before. And Sam Pittman said that he had a two hour meeting with his athletic director and basically that he wasn't going to get fired. He was going to be back next year's head coach. That was what Rod Gilmore was reporting. So I just naturally tweeted that because I thought it was interesting. We hadn't heard any confirmation. We hadn't heard anything about a two-hour meeting with Hunter Yurichek. We hadn't heard anything about that. And so I tweeted it, and it naturally blew up and got almost went a little bit viral. It has over 60,000 impressions right now. but it caught the attention of a lot of people, a lot of people who were there in the press conference after the game. And Pittman was actually asked about the situation because it was brought to light. And it was one of the main storylines from that game was Gilmore saying that Pittman said this. And when Pittman was asked, he flat out denied saying that. And then um, went on to say that I will say when we start talking about firing and all this, it kills us in recruiting saying that when coaches begin to get, talked about being fired. You get talked about having this certain staff guy, this certain assistant coach leave all of this stuff. It negatively affects recruiting and there's tangible evidence that it does. Now that shouldn't be used as an excuse and say, well, you know, this, the rumors and speculation hurts us in recruiting. Well, losing and looking like an incompetent football team also hurts you in recruiting. And that's what Arkansas has done almost all season long. So 
you know, it, it's both of them working in tandem, but it does hurt in recruiting. And we've seen it as Arkansas already had a decommit. They were one of the top, almost a top 20 class. They're ranked 20th, according to rivals and 24 seven sports before Crutchfield decommitted. And now I believe they're at 23rd. Last time I looked, they're 23rd ranked recruiting class this off season. So it does hurt you in recruiting. And that's what Pittman said that, that's what was happening. Now that he's got confirmation that he's going to be back as Arkansas's head coach next season, he's gotten that security. Now his staff, if he's not going to make any major staff changes, which I, that's a whole different conversation, and I, I believe that he'll need to, but now they can focus on trying to get Courtney Crutchfield, who is a very talented player, uh, a four-star wide receiver from Pine Bluff. If, if they can get him back and then focus on keeping this recruiting class together, that's a win. That's a positive. And then you already lo- looked at, uh, we saw Keyshawn Blackstock, the four-star offensive line transfer from Michigan, He Michigan State, excuse me. Uh, he committed to the, to the Razorbacks less than a day uh, on Monday, less than a day after Pittman was confirmed as the head coach for Arkansas next season. You saw Arkansas land an offensive lineman out of the portal. And right now he is the best offensive lineman in the portal, but he's also one of the only offensive linemen in the portal currently. So it's it's a very, very good step into the in a positive direction. It, it's it was the next step, but it's not the only step. Arkansas is going to have to do a lot more work, especially on the offensive line, if they want to compete. But it's good to see that it's already paying off that the the guarantees that Pittman will be back that that's working out we're we're seeing the fruits of that immediate, almost immediately but there's still a lot of work to be done and i think that hopefully that this staff with that clarity with that you know that focus they can they can pull this together and and keep this recruiting class as strong as possible now it's not going to be a historic one by any means it's not going to be the one that turns Arkansas around but it is another solid recruiting class it'll be their second top 25 recruiting class in a row and you're gaining momentum to put together that 2025 or 2026 recruiting class that are special moving on another positive that I want to talk about is that Pittman has proven that he can go out and make solid hires that will pay immediate benefits and pay dividends immediately. You look at what he did with Travis Williams last year. That is the gold standard for how you need to handle a coordinator hiring. You've got to be able to realize that you're struggling as a defense, which Arkansas is one of the worst pass defense in the country, or they were statistically the worst pass defense in the country. They were one of the worst defenses in the SEC last season. Barry Odom leaves to take the head coaching job at UNLV. And Travis Williams, this young, up-and-coming, aggressive defensive coordinator, is hired. He brings some very experienced and talented guys with him, with Marcus Woodson, who's the co-defensive coordinator and secondaries coach. You've got Darren Wilson, and then you've also got Deke Adams. You've put all of those guys together, and it has been it's been an incredible year for the defense compared to last year. This defense was so much better. It was one of the best defenses uh, I think that I've ever seen Arkansas field. 
easily one of the top defenses that I've ever seen Arkansas field. Now, the criticisms from the Auburn game, the LSU game earlier in the season, those are very valid, and you can nitpick here and there that they've struggled. And you know, losing six games in a row by one possession when your offense can't be competent and move the football consistently with all the issues on the offense, it would it would weigh on a lot of people. And so I'm not giving them an out. I'm not giving them an excuse, but you can't really put that all on the defense. Uh, I think it's a lot of the whole unit as a whole. It's just they're getting worn out by having to carry and pull so much weight when the offense is struggling as bad as they are. And then you look, he was able to get Morgan Turner as tight ends coach. He was able to hire um, – you know, replace a strength and conditioning coach who by all means has been a huge positive for this team. And he's done some great things. You know, the Guyton hire, the the Kendall Browse and Barry Odom hire at the time when they were hired, that was great. It was a great haul for someone who had never been a head coach to surround him with some, with two coordinators who have had head coaching experience and it paid immediate dividends. We saw in 2020, you know, kind of, rose from the grave and from the the hell that Chad Morris had had this program in. And then 2021, it was a special season. And so I, I think you give him the benefit of the doubt and you cannot have a repeat of what happened with Dan Enos. Uh, that's the other side of the coin is that he's got to get it right. It, it's do or die time. And he's probably going to have to make some other staff changes as well to really really focus that there's been a lot of talk about the offensive line coach Cody Kennedy uh, Scott Fountain the special teams the special teams has looked for every time that they've looked great they've had breakdowns on punt returns punt returns for touchdowns you know stupid stuff is as simple as being able to get get out onto the field and kick a kick a field goal before the time expires you know and, and that also falls on Pittman so um, I, I don't know if I would expect a special teams coach change or, or an offensive line coach change, but there will definitely be some staff shakeups. I I can imagine. Uh, but overall, looking at what Pittman has done at Arkansas, his his hiring has been for the most part really really good. He's done a very great job uh, of hiring guys and surrounding himself with guys that know what they're doing. It's just that one offensive coordinator hire and uh, the lack of improvement up front from your offensive line, it just kills you. And we've seen it. You you just can't have that happen. And again, Pittman bears a a lot of responsibility for that happening, but at the end of the day, he's going to have a chance to fix it. And he's going to need to do that. Last year, he needed to fix the defense. He had the chance to do it and he hit a home run. Can he stand in the box swing and hit another home run on the offensive coordinator hire this offseason. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting because, you know, one offensive coordinator is also going to want to come in and be, be at Arkansas knowing that it's a one-year temporary gig. That also plays a, a significant role in, in how people view the job. If, if they come in and they're not able to get everything that they want done, it could be a disaster and it, it's a temporary gig because if Pittman enters a season and the first sign of it, you know, 
going off going off the beaten trail and with the wheels falling off and nose diving. He's his fate's decided. They they know that Pittman's gone if if he doesn't have results this season. Like everyone in the state of Arkansas, everyone involved with the football team, with the athletic department, they know that if Pittman can't get this turned around, it it's done. It's over. And offensive coordinator, potential offensive coordinators, they they know that. They know that too. So it'll be interesting to see what realistic candidates we can we can expect to see and, and will be talked to and rumored to be interested in the job. A few weeks ago, Pittman said that he was very, I wouldn't say very, he was getting a lot of interest from people. His, his phone was blowing up, so to speak, uh, about the offensive coordinator job. We'll see what kind of candidates that, that brings. I'll probably have my list of, people to watch for and realistic candidates uh, out here in the next week, within the next week, for sure. Uh, I've been working on that though, but I'll have that. And then I'll also mention it in a, in an episode um, probably next week, we'll do a, a, a deeper dive on that, but switching gears, we're going to look at some negatives, some potential drawbacks for having Sam Pittman as head coach next year. And the easiest and most obvious one is that bringing Sam Pittman back just delays the inevitable and you're wasting a potential rebuild year on something that just really isn't going to happen that we've seen this play out before. We, we kind of know what to expect first sign of adversity, things collapse and we were just waiting for Sam Pittman to be something that he never was. And if it fails and if Arkansas's, having to make a coaching change next off season. That's basically how this move is going to be viewed that they just delayed the inevitable believing in something that was never going to happen. Now, when you couple this with the financial implications and things like that, yeah, maybe it's, it makes a lot of sense, but history is not going to remember this move kindly. If it backfires, that's all I'm trying to say. And like I said, everyone is going to know entering this next season Sam Pittman is on the hot seat. If it goes south and if things don't improve, he's gone. And a lot of other jobs hang in the balance as well. And they all are coaching with that impression, that pressure on their backs and looking over their shoulder and knowing that they have to get it done. So that that is for sure one of the biggest negatives. Another negative is the fan base. Entering next year is going to be really, really interesting. I don't know what a lot of the fan base expects to be done, but if you go out and you make a coordinator hire that's not really splashy, that's not not a proven guy, there's some question marks with it, and say you bring back the exact same staff how it is with just that offensive coordinator, you're not able to do a whole lot in the portal. It, it We could be looking at a uh, – at a Razorback fan riot. <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, though, looking at the attendance numbers, the announced attendance was 61,442, which was the 12th lowest since 2001. According to Andrew Hutchinson, Hutchinson of Best of Arkansas Sports, it's 12th smallest attendance since 2001 when Razorback Stadium was expanded. Uh, it's also the smallest in Pittman's entire coaching tenure at Arkansas. Uh, 
not obviously not counting the COVID year because that had limited attendance due to the pandemic. But that's just that's just this year. If you do all the things that I said next year, what is the attendance going to look out look like throughout the year? Say Arkansas is just middling in the middle of the pack, not winning. You know they win the games that they should, and then you know they lose a game that they shouldn't. They go on another losing streak. What is attendance going to look like? What is what is the level of care from these fans? You know, one thing that I think I find interesting, and one thing that I've always found interesting, uh, listening to old WWE wrestlers talk about the business of wrestling, and the business of wrestling is simple is that if you walk through that curtain, you walk down the entrance ramp, you want fans to either boo or cheer and do either of those very loudly. What hurts your bottom line and what you do not want to have happen is people not care. People not pay money to come up and see you. It's not a one-to-one thing from wrestling to football, but you listen to Undertaker, you listen to Stone Cold, The Rock, those greats, they always say, you have to have people that care and are showing up, paying money to see you. In football, that sentiment is the same, especially for college. You have to have people that care. I don't think it's great that you have people that boo because if they're booing you and, you know, that's that's not. And people aren't going to pay money and pay tickets to come watch an Arkansas team that's struggling. But the sentiment's the same. You want overall interest in the product. You want people to buy Razorback gear. You want them to buy merchandise, jerseys, T-shirts, hats. You want them to come to games. You want them to financially support the team through NIL, through through donations to the Razorback Foundation, things like that. You want them to come out and tailgate and, and do that and visit. You want people to be interested in your program. You want them interacting with your social media accounts. Uh, that's another thing that has always frustrated me especially when talking about NIL initiatives and players and stuff like that is Arkansas's creative team on social media needs a revamp. Uh, I mean, I'm not the most creative person, but it just, I mean, that you look at the NIL accounts, the one Arkansas NIL initiative hasn't tweeted since October 26 and they haven't made an Instagram post since August. It's like, what are we doing? You look at the stadium, nobody's, Nobody's advertising from where to pay money to, to support their players' NILs or their university's NILs. The way you do that is reaching everyday people through social media, through ads, through you know, through radio, and, and putting a presentable product on the field. Generate interest. What will kill Arkansas and what will kill the bottom line is fans showing that they don't care, that they won't show up, they're not going to buy anything, and eventually, you know, make make themselves heard using their wallets. And you're entering 2024 with already a lot of people either skeptical or just downright done with Arkansas football. It, they're done buying into the hype. It's You're not going to be able to, to make everyone happy and believe that you can – go out and shock the world and win eight or nine games. No, that's over. Everyone's going to be counting you out. You're entering 2024 with a very upset and very agitated, fragile fan base where the first sign of adversity or screw-ups and big mistakes, uh, a loss that shouldn't happen, it's over. 
and you're going to see a lot of people just lose interest. That's going to affect ticket sales, attendance, merchandise numbers. That's going to affect Arkansas's bottom line. And we're going to be back, right back at square one having to get a new coach. So that's the that's the risk that we're taking right now with Pittman coming back. People just might not care. They already don't care to read about a uh, a six and six, five and seven, four and eight football team. Nobody cares to read about that or listen to people talk about a team like that. And I think entering twenty twenty four, if Arkansas doesn't do some stuff, if Sam Pittman doesn't make some interesting moves this off season, we could very well see that that exact picture play out next season. Moving on, I'm running a little short on time here. I'm going to try to wrap this up uh, somewhat soon. But one of the last negatives of bringing Sam Pittman back is Sam Pittman's overall coaching ability and his potential as a head coach. Obviously, when he took the Arkansas job, it's well documented. He's never been a head coach before and not at a Division I level, at least. So he's obviously surrounded himself, Barry Odom, Kendall Browse, guys who – very much had head coaching experience at the D1 level and had been around the game a lot at this level. Barry Odom specifically was a really good mentor and helped Sam along in learning on the go, on the job. Uh, he doesn't have that anymore. And we've seen a lot of his weaknesses get exposed and cost his team games. I mean, burning all three of your timeouts against LSU – it's a one-possession game on the road in Baton Rouge with 14 minutes to go, and you have no timeouts the rest of the way. That's unacceptable. Not being able to get your team out to kick a field goal in time, and you take a delay of game, pushing you out of field goal range, then to just punt it, that's unacceptable. Making some of these coaching hire, this Danny Nose coaching decision, not knowing what made your offense so successful the past couple of years that's unacceptable bottom line Sam Pittman has to become a much better coach and he has to become much better at managing games and managing situations knowing when to go for it I mean not lining KJ Jefferson up under center on fourth and inches until late in the season halfway through the season mind-blowing why why didn't we do that it worked it had a very good success rate. It has had a good success rate since we've implemented it. That can't happen. You know, one thing that frustrates me was Sam Pittman talking about Danny Nose when Danny Nose left. Sam Pittman talked about how they really wanted to move the pocket, get KJ out, out in space to work with, to throw on the run and, and move the pocket because the offensive line can't block straight up. But do some things to maybe help that they would practice it all week and they would, you know, make it a point of emphasis in all of their practices. And then on the game, you just wouldn't see it happen. You know, they practice it all week, just wasn't getting done in the game. That's on coaching and that's on your coordinator. If you're the head coach, you have to step in and say, Dan, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we run something to move the pocket? get some play action, get Cage on a bootleg where he can either run or tuck it and run or make a quick pass or, or throw it away. Just move, do that. You've got to be the head coach. You're the head coach. You're, you're in charge. 
You have to be the one making that decision. So that is unacceptable to be able to just sit back and, and watch that happen and not step up and say anything. Little things like that about Sam Pittman, you've got to change. And now it's do or die. Your back's against the wall. It has to change. You have to get better at it because if we start seeing a lot of this, these issues creep, creep up, I mean, you go back to each of these games that Arkansas has lost by one possession it's it's a clear you know clear pattern of little little things like as simple as burning a timeout when you didn't need to, uh, punting when you shouldn't have, or going for it when you shouldn't have. Little things like that kept Arkansas from being a, a team that's that's going to a bowl game and kept Arkansas from avoiding this whole drama around Sam Pittman being the next or being the coach next year. Going into next season, that's unacceptable. If you see these decisions costing Arkansas's games next year. Forget about it. As I've mentioned before, Sam Pittman's fate's decided. Another thing that I wanted to talk about, but listening to Sam Pittman in his press conference, this one may not be an issue, but but the NIL, the NIL issue with Arkansas, point blank, they are struggling. They've struggled this past offseason, and a lot of that stems from Sam Pittman not wanting to straight up just play pay players. They don't want to pay for guys. They want guys who actually want to come play for them. And everywhere else, you see Missouri, Ole Miss, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, all these other teams, Texas A&M. They're paying for players. They are their NILs are strong. Their NILs are tweeting, you know, they're doing innovative stuff with their NIL. As the face of the Arkansas football program, Sam Pittman has to set a standard. We're going to do things different and we're going to pay for players. You've, at this point, you can't take the moral high ground and, and hope and wait for a change to come where you know restrictions and stuff gets put on it. No, Arkansas has to go out. They have to fix their NIL. They have to get some funding to be able to pay for players. And Sam Pittman's got to, instead of you know sulking and waiting for a rule change, he's got to be ahead of the curb and go out and actually do it and and get in the mud with some of these other programs because it's just what what's what's going on now is not acceptable for Arkansas. They have the finances, but according to Sam Pittman, what he said in Monday's press conference, apparently he got some guarantees or something had changed to where he felt confident in saying that their NIL problem is going to get fixed and that Arkansas's NIL will be be up to par and that he's he's looking forward to what Arkansas has in store. So maybe there was a big influx of money or something, or maybe he got some guarantees. But the bottom line is that Arkansas's NIL situation has to change. I mean, you don't see the basketball team struggling for NIL, and they have their own separate collective and all that. You know, at the end of the day, if Sam Pittman really wants Arkansas to be competitive in NIL, it starts from the top down. He's got to surround people who are innovative and have these ideas that are out there that may be a little off-putting or maybe a little too weird or different. But you have to try. In this day and age, when you have the freedom to do it with this NIL, until they put restrictions on it, try stuff. Try setting up like what Missouri does this thing where they have like a cameo where you can request a picture or an autograph or uh, a meet and greet with a player and you can go on and like actually select what player you want and what you want to do or make a custom request and it has the dollar amounts right there. 
like innovative stuff like that. That's what's separating some of these schools and Arkansas is just sitting back, you know, with an Instagram handle that doesn't post, but once a month in football season, that's unacceptable. And that's how you get beat and you get lapped by a lot of other schools. And while I don't think that Arkansas's NIL situation with their fortune 500 companies, you know, everyone talks about Walmart, Tyson, JB hunt, while those places do to an extent, you know, support the program financially, not really the Waltons, but those other companies, they do. It's not to the extent where they're just going to write a check for $500,000 for Arkansas to go out and get a five-star offensive tackle. That's, that's not going to happen. Maybe that's the change. I hope that that's the change that Pittman is excited about, but I just don't see that being, being what happens, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe that is what's going to happen, but I think, I think the the look, outlook, and their whole view of NIL just needs to change going forward. And instead of sitting and waiting and saying that it's out of control, saying that you, someone's got to come in and do something about it, until someone does come do something about it, you've got to be the one that is taking advantage and using this for success. And right now, Sam Pittman's not doing that, so... That's what I'm interested to see this offseason. And ultimately, if he changes that perspective and changes the way they do things with NIL, Arkansas can get back to being competitive just like that. Snap of fingers, they can be competitive. This day and age with the transfer portal, with NIL, it's very easy to just overturn the direction of a program in the span of one offseason. So I, I think that if you see that, you see you see Sam Pittman make some – Really solid offseason staff hires, knock it out of the park with an offensive coordinator, really hit the transfer portal, continue some of that momentum that you got from Keyshawn Blackstock's commit, things like that. Arkansas could be in business and he could actually get this turned around. But very easily, you could see things happen where, you know, you make a sketchy offensive coordinator hire, you, you miss out on some of these guys, your NIL situation isn't exactly up to par you know, his time could be up. And it's tough to say because you you really like Sam Pittman. I like Sam Pittman. He's a great guy. He represents the state well, but unfortunately, it's all about wins. At the end of the day, it's your success on the field, and that has not been up to par the last two seasons. Therefore, this is it. Next season's all he's got. So, very interested to see what happens, and as always, I'll keep you up to date if you're interested to know what I think on potential offensive coordinators. Be the first to know that. You can go to RazorbacksWire.usatoday.com. I'll have my list in my hot board, uh, my coach, offensive coordinator, potential candidates list, and things like that. I'll have that up later sometime this week, and uh, I'll definitely talk about it on the next episode of the Razorback Rundown. Let's move to hoops real quick. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, they're at the Battle for Atlantis as part of Feast Week. They're in the Bahamas, and they will be playing Stanford tomorrow, a team that they have never beaten or never played. Um, so it, I think that that'll be a very interesting matchup. One thing that is concerning is that Arkansas had a delay getting down to the Bahamas for six and a half hours uh, yesterday. So uh, recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so Yesterday, they didn't have as much prep time 
Eric Musselman talked about that in his press conference today, saying that it did affect their prep for Stanford, but he does feel confident about that. They have an event later tonight where they're going to, you know, go with all the other teams there in the, in the tournament and uh, a little get together before things start. Uh, what really interests me is to see who they will play. They have the nightcap tomorrow. They will play the last game of the night against Stanford. If they win, lose. If they win, they'll play the winner of Michigan-Memphis. If they lose, they'll play the loser of Michigan-Memphis. I think Arkansas matches up a little bit better with Michigan. If you're talking from a pure, which team would Arkansas want to play and have a better chance to win? Memphis is on a roll. Penny Hardaway's team looks pretty pretty dang good coming into this tournament. But from a nostalgic point of view and from a strictly rival, uh, I would love to see Arkansas-Memphis go at it again and uh, give us a good, closely hot contested game uh, and kind of revoke that, that rival, you know, Penny Hardaway and Eric Musselman have talked back and forth about how they would love to love to do that, do that rival and reignite that flame, that rivalry, because the schools are so close to, to each other. I mean, a short two and a half hour drive from Little Rock and, and you're in Memphis and they recruit for some of the same players the, there's a lot of fan overlap with Arkansas fans being Memphis Grizzly fans and, and, you know, with the Liberty Bowl history of Arkansas, things like that. And then also back to the 90s with Nolan and, and that that rivalry up into the early, early 2000s was just on another level. And you got some really great classic games between those two programs. So it would be cool to see them uh, kind of start that in the Bahamas this year and hopefully going forward playing each other more regularly. Uh in the non-conference. The big thing though, I think is Arkansas has to get two of these three games. You have to have a, a Maui type week like this team did last year in, in the Maui Invitational. You got to go two and one um, with that loss to UNCG last Friday, absolutely could come back and hurt this team in selection Sunday. I, I saw a lot of people saying that they don't want people to overreact because you know it's just a loss uncg is a good team and and while that's all good and true uncg they are a very solid team they'll likely be in the hunt for that automatic bid in their in the southern conference fact of the matter is that's still a q3 loss that is still a loss to a a team that the the tournament metrics the tournament committee is not going to look kindly on and that could definitely bump you from a potential sneaking in at a three seed if everything goes goes well to a maybe a low four, even a five seed, a loss like that. That's how much weight something like that happens. And it's even worse that it's on your home floor. If it was a neutral site, maybe you could get away with that not stinging as much. But the, the fact that they came into Bud Walton and beat Arkansas like that, it it's not going to look kindly on by the, the committee by Kim Palm, by, by any of the metrics that they use to to decide this. It's just not a good loss for Arkansas. And the good part about that and what makes someone very hopeful and what makes me a little bit hopeful is that it's obviously a huge learning experience for this team. They got absolutely dominated um, in the first half, just couldn't get stops, nothing going on offense. Their shot selection was poor, to say the least. That's being kind uh, and that they were getting out rebound. The effort wasn't up to par. And I think that 
it was one of the classic cases of just not respecting the team across from you because of the what the front of the jersey says. You know, it's not ex, not expecting a fight from a lesser than team. Even though the year before they got all they could handle, um, it was just overlooking the Spartans, and that's what they did. That's why they were down fourteen at halftime, and they got punched in the math uh, in the mouth. Credit to Eric Musselman's squad; they were able to come back out. You know, they changed their shot selection instead of forcing these ugly contested jumpers from mid range. They went straight to the basket. You saw some. Great stuff from L. Ellis. Great stuff from uh, Tremont Mark down the stretch, hitting some clutch free throws. Really solid game from Trevin Brazil. Ultimately, though, defense has got to take precedent with this team, and what you're getting on offense really isn't equating to, you know, and we knew this coming in. We knew this coming into this season. Last year, this team was designed specifically around defense, and they were – exceptionally bad on the offensive end and it really hurt this team winning games and especially in conference play this year we kind of flipped that where now the the defense is really struggling they struggle to get stops in the second half of friday's game and they struggle to defend and and in in the paint and get defensive rebounds and give uncg extra possession to get points that is unacceptable you know, that's the third time in their first four games that they've gotten out-rebounded, and it's the second time that they've gotten out-rebounded by a team that didn't have anyone over 6'9". Old Dominion had their roster, their tallest guy was 6'7", and they out-rebounded Arkansas. UNCG's roster had one guy that was 6'9", and the rest were shorter than 6'9", and they out-rebounded Arkansas by two. They've got to fix that, and – I will say I love the effort and the energy that you see from L. Ellis, from Caliph Battle, guys like that who you didn't expect to have really solid you know, defense coming in. They were very offensive-dominant guys. The effort is great. What you're seeing from them, you know, picking up guys 94 feet, it's just, you know, the rotations, the decision-making, closing out, you know, figuring out who to – what to do on switches. You, you see them getting lost in, in translation sometimes and just not being able to figure it out. And and a lot of that's also effort. You know, the effort and the energy has been great up until, you know, you, you see this team start to struggle and guys get frustrated and they're not really given that, given that extra effort to close out and finish out possessions. And, and that's what you're seeing. Rebounding is all about effort and all about aggression and wanting to get the ball before the other team. That's all rebounding really is. And Arkansas has just not been able to do that. And it's kind of it, – it, it's a concern. It's a huge concern. And then I, I don't think that Arkansas will shoot as bad as they did Friday night again this season. I, I hope they don't because especially in the first half, it was awful. Just an awful offensive performance. And again, a lot of that was shot selection. So I will be very interested to see what this team sound or what this team looks like coming out after they've had five days off to, you know, regroup, reset. They got punched in the mouth. They got kicked. And, you know, they're not going to be the guaranteed go away favorite for any games going forward. They know that they can lose. They know that they're beat, uh, that they've been beaten. They know that they're, um, 
not immune from the effects of college college basketball. And, and a lot of that has to do with how the, the landscape is. You know, the talent gap's a lot closer than it has been historically. But still, this team has a lot of a lot of things to get corrected. So I'm I'm very interested to see this team back out on the floor against a much from a talent perspective, a much more competitive opponent than what we've seen these first four games and see if they've learned anything. I want to see better shot selection, definitely a lot better on the defensive end and rebounding, rebounding 1000%. That's gotta, that's gotta improve. And uh, I'll have going forward after feast week, I'm going to be with family this, this week during the whole tournament, but going forward, I'll give my uh, thoughts after games. Um, Usually I'll do a day after kind of report where I talk about the game. Uh, it's going to be a lot shorter than my normal episodes, but I'm going to start talking and focusing on basketball as we get in here towards the end of the 2023 and start of the 2024 with looking ahead to March Madness, things like that. Our focus is going to be on basketball. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And um, as always, y'all can get new episodes as they come out on Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, all anywhere you get your podcast, you can listen to this episode there. So I appreciate you. That does it for me. Like I said, Arkansas basketball tomorrow against Stanford, they play Thanksgiving day. And then the day after uh, I will be probably focused on the uh, basketball team. Even if there, if there's some overlap there between the football and basketball game, it's going to be a busy week. Look forward to watching it. And as always, I will be here to give my thoughts once we get to the other side of this and, throughout the whole offseason, given what we're expecting with football and uh, obviously with the basketball team. Uh, stay here, and uh, I'll be happy to talk to everyone and um, have more episodes coming your way. So I greatly appreciate it if you've watched and stayed with me, listened throughout all of this. Greatly appreciate your support. And until next time, this has been the House of Hog Podcast with Connor Goodson.